Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you. Whether you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years, there is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. You make this show possible by clicking through our Brownells and Amazon affiliate links. The next time you order online, go to AR15Podcast.com and click through our Brownells and Amazon affiliate links. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and a small portion of your sale goes to supporting pro-gun radio like the AR15 Podcast. Support the Firearms Network as a whole by pledging your support at patreon.com slash frn. Welcome to episode number 132 of the AR-15 podcast. Today we've got Rob from 308AR.com with us. Uh, We're going to talk about all things Big Boar AR. Um, Before we get going, we want to let you know about a new source for cool products run by a couple guys here at the network. Uh, if you go to patriotpatch.co.co, um, you can pre-order their new Huckleberry patch. Uh, check out some of the other things they have that they're getting ready to ship here. Um, I know that they are super high-quality vinyl 3D patches, and uh, they've got some exciting designs here coming up. Um, well, Rob, tell us a little bit, little bit about yourself. We ran into each other at SHOT. Um, That's right. That's right. Uh, I, w- I went to shot this year. It was my first shot, and uh, I had a blast. I rolled out there with the guys from Sword International. Uh, they're a local company here in California. Uh, I got some uh, inside exclusive stuff with them and uh, was real impressed. They invited me to come to shot and, uh, and see what it was all about, and, man, I was wowed. That was, that was an awesome, awesome experience for me. Yeah, they were the guys with the Lapua uh, gas yeah, truck. That's right. They made a. Uh, they have the first 338 Lapua Magnum in an AR format, completely built in house. The thing is amazing, and I have a firsthand experience. That thing is amazing. <laughs> so, what do you do on kind of a day to day basis? Well, day to day basis, I've been in law enforcement uh, a little over 12 years now, and uh, that's my nine to five uh, here in uh, the California Valley, and or Central Valley, and uh, I've been a motorcycle cop for about 75% of my career, so that's pretty much where I do my focus on, is uh, just riding around on a motorcycle. It doesn't get much better than that. So you don't, ride on two- you don't get to carry a long gun too often? No, no, not too often. I, I, am, a, uh, I am a certified tactical rifle instructor, uh, so I, I do get to do my, uh, my fun gun stuff, but as far as carrying on, on the regular – no, just I'm just riding around, just keeping on the two wheels. Nice. Um, now tell me how you got into this whole 308 AR business. Well, the 308 AR, I I was uh, I was actually building AR-15s. Uh, I have been building AR-15s since I was a teenager. My father was in law enforcement. My my grandfather's and uncles all law enforcement, and military, kind of back for general family business. And so while some kids were mowing lawns. I was working on ARs. It was just the way it's just the way things were. As I got into my adult life, I was building up my own ARs. I built up uh, my father's after he retired from law enforcement. I, I tricked his old Colt out so that he could have a little bit more fun with it. 
And we got to talking about making something in 308. And he kept talking about the Armalite AR-10. I got a little bit deeper and deeper into it. I found some stuff that I really liked. A little bit of trial and error at first, but I found 308 AR. And the guys there kind of guided me back into the zone. And uh, I really, I built up a sweet machine with them. Ever since then, man, I've been uh, I've been building like crazy. I help the guys out when I can and uh, share the information. Man, it's a treasure cove of information on that website. And after a few months of being just your regular Joe, I got involved more uh, more administratively. And the owner of the website contacted me, said he wanted me to be part of his uh, his machine. I accepted. And we've been going ever since, and uh, it's been a fast roller coaster. It's, it's been a lot of fun for us. Yeah, the forum itself has some stats down at the bottom. I don't know how accurate they are if if they've kind of been refreshed over the years, but it says that there's over 5,300 members, um, over 150,000 posts. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Uh, and in fact, uh, I believe last year we were just over a million hits. Uh, so what? While we have all those members, a little over 5,300 members and uh, all those posts going, we have a lot of people that call lurkers. And lurkers are just people that show up online. We don't block our content to uh, just people that want to just come in and look. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to actually join our website to read. You only have to join it to make any input or ask questions. And so we get the lurkers, they come in, they use our search function. The search function goes through, and uh, it's actually a very, very good search function. And it goes through, gets you all the answers you need. And most guys, they come in, they get a couple answers, and they bail out. So the lurkers are actually a huge percentage of the hits that we get. Uh, it takes a, usually takes a while for somebody to come in and join our group. Um, now, what sort of day-to-day activities are you doing on the site? I know that there's um, some advertiser and sponsor sections you said you, you kind of connect with sponsors on. Right. Right. So what I do is uh, certain uh, certain advertisers, certain sponsors reach out to us. I reach out to certain ones as well. Uh, people, they contact me, say they want to advertise on our website. We put up a banner, give them a private board that they can talk about their products, uh, advertise new released products that won't get drowned out in you know, just a rend- random general chat area. Then what I do is I uh, I bring in product reviews for them, I set them up on with front page access. We also make sure that their product gets blasted out to all our social media outlets, which we are on Facebook and uh, I believe we're moving into Instagram here shortly as well. So uh, I get in contact. I'm kind of the face and the voice that gets in with all these companies and make sure that they're taken care of, that they're happy. And the, the packages that we run for these companies range from very minuscule to help the the low guys, you know, we like to get the little guys in there as well. You know, it's, uh, we were the little guys. We're still our little guys in comparison to some of these big groups, AR15.com, M4Carbine.com, Cal Guns. We're, we're small potatoes in comparison, but we're fast. We're fast growing. And the popularity of the 308 AR rifle is, uh, is what's floating us. It's, you know, it really is. It's, uh, it's a very popular rifle and, uh, it's exciting, exciting for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I guess let's just talk about the platform itself. You, you were talking about stepping up from the five, five, six to a three Oh eight caliber. I know that there's a lot of, um, different calibers that will work with your basic AR 15. Um, but once you stretch that round out a little too far, it's just not going to fit up into that magwell. 
That's right. That's right. And you know, uh, there's a lot of guys that, that that caliber. I've literally built every caliber imaginable on the AR-15 format, from 22 long rifle up to the 300 blackout, 7.62 by 39. So from the t- smallest 22 to the biggest 30 caliber I could get, and uh, and I've played with even with the big 45 caliber stuff. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, but you can only do so much, and you get stopped at a certain range. So when I wanted to build my 308. And I started getting involved in this website. I said, man, I got to have the best one that's out there. I, I want a showpiece. I want a Ferrari that, that I can drive around and let everybody know, yeah, I'm part of 308 AR. This is my rifle. When they see my rifle, they remember, oh, yeah, that's Rob. He's from that 308 AR website. <laughs> and I've literally had people do that to me. Uh, the 308 AR, it, it is. It's a beast. Uh, it's uh, the Armalite AR-10, the DPMS LR-308. Those are the two mainstream format rifles for the 308 AR. While they share a lot of parts in common, they're completely different beasts. I mean, you're talking in Camaro versus Mustang at that point. And, uh, you know, they're, they're both great muscle cars, but you got to give each one their respect uh, that's due. Some guys went on the Armalite route. You have your Noveskis uh, that, that got into the Armalite stuff. And then majority of the people went the DPMS route because DPMS, man, they're just pumping out parts, they're pumping out guns. And then every once in a while, somebody comes out. RRA came out with their own version. Uh, they have a, There's a couple versions out there that use G3 magazines. And uh, even now, DPMS came out with their new Gen 2 series. So their Gen 2 series is even a whole new hybrid of the AR-15 and the their LR-308 rifle. So, yeah, it's uh, you really got to mind your P's and Q's when you're building on these rifles because you might get stuck behind the behind the eight ball, you know, in your build. And you, next thing you know, you're out a thousand bucks or more because you you messed up on a couple parts orders that uh, that could have been easily avoided. Excuse me, avoided. Now, I know I kind of threw around the term AR-10 here. Um, you were telling me that's a little bit of a misnomer. It's kind of like um, yeah, saying we, we, Opal, Ferrari rather than sports car. Right. Uh, you know, that's the uh, that's the an- analogy that I make to people all the time. I said, you know, you wouldn't call all muscle cars a Mustang, especially in a car club. You know, if you walked into a car club and you called a Chevy Mustang, everybody would look at you funny. And uh, the same thing happens on our website when everybody walks in and they say, uh, yeah, I bought this new AR-10 from company X. You know, we have to correct them. There's only one AR-10 that's made by the Armalite guys. Armalite guys own that name. Nobody else does. So, you know, we, we try and give the attention. Now, is it an AR-10 format? Okay. Then we're dealing with a whole nother, a whole nother sack of potatoes there. And, you know, we want to, we want to make sure that everybody's taken care of. Again, it's all to avoid the uh, the confusion later in the game when somebody says, well, I you told me it was an AR-10. That's why we told you to get this handguard system because you needed that kind of barrel nut. Next thing you know, they're out of $300 handguard trying to find uh, somebody to buy it. it it's uh, It can be confusing. It can get real, uh, real hair pulling at, at times for some of these guys. So say rather than building an AR-10, I want to build a 308 AR in... 6.5 Creedmoor. What would I call that? Right. Well, you know, it's it's funny. That it's, uh, just as we started to call it 308 AR, the 6.5 comes out, the 243s start getting put out, the 338 Federal gets uh, put out. Montana guys love the 338 Federal. So, yeah, we, you know, we, we've knocked around the idea of trying to call them big bore ARs or the just the big brother to the 5.56 AR. You know, it's a uh, – 
it's kind of hard to classify it, especially as the new developments are coming out. You know, when the Gen 2 came out, now what we call the new Gen 2s, you know, they're, the, they're just the Gen 2s. It's a, it's a fast-growing game. You know, I believe that we're on the cusp of an evolution of this rifle right now. You know, I'm seeing a lot of changes, especially after SHOT Show. Talking to these companies, getting to meet some of these guys, where they're actually getting some real brains in the process, real brains behind these machines, putting out some uh, pretty amazing work. When I was looking at kind of the history of the AR, of the AR-10 specifically, um, to prep for the show, I was it was either surprising to me or maybe I just hadn't remembered that the 308 version actually came out before the right. AR-15 in 5.56 or 2.23 yeah. or. Uh, whatever the first version was. It was back in 55. Um, they were coming up with some prototypes to try and replace the Garand. And um, I guess the gas system that it used was kind of novel to the era. Um, right. Everything else was very piston-driven and, as a result, was a little heavier. Um, right. That it, it was uh, the – what was the company called? It was like a German name or something like that. Artillery – in Richtingen, uh, I see it here in my notes. They were actually a division of, oh, it's Armalite actually. They were a d- division of Fairchild Aircraft. And so right. there were all these sort of aerospace innovations that they were trying to put in these rifles. So you really didn't see so many composites or the usage of aluminum or things like that. Right. It, you know, using, using plastic on a gun was completely novel, you know, well, at least for the U.S. military. I mean, everything was still steel and wood at that point. Mm-hmm. So, changing over the uh, from actually, yeah, changing over from the M1A, the M14 to the uh, to the AR15 was was an enormous leap, enormous leap. Uh, the .30-06 round going down to a 308. 308, you know, it comes down to that whole issue of size equals weight. You know, weight equals fatigue, and you know they needed a lighter rifle. They wanted to carry more rounds, and that 308 just went to the wayside. They, you know, they realized that you can put a 22 in a guy, and it takes two guys to carry that one off the field. Or you put a 308 in a guy, yeah, you got one, but uh, you know you run out of ammo real quick on those guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AR-180 was an amazing gun. It's a, uh, it's still highly sought after by a lot of collectors. You know, it's uh, but they wanted something lighter. They wanted more capacity, and uh, they wanted a uh, a war machine. And that's where the AR-15 or the M16s came out. Yeah, it sounded like there were a couple um, issues with the trials right at the beginning. They had some uh, like barrel extensions that might have not been put together right. Uh, a couple incidents on the range that really made the general shy away from it. Um, but there were a couple different groups that ended up adopting them. It looked like there was a handful of rifles that were actually made for KLM Airlines for mm-hmm. their transpolar flights, uh, just in case they right. happen to go down around polar bears. Right. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it looks like the Portuguese used them uh, over in Angola. Big on them. And in fact, you can find them still from the Portuguese. Uh, they got bought back out by the Brits. The Brits go through, they do a fatigue test on them, stamp them with a crown and ship them back out to civilians in the U.S. So those have been popping up. Actually, uh, I've seen quite a few pop up in the last couple of years. Uh, they're Portuguese, British rebranded uh, 308s, and uh, 
They're pretty wow. smoking hot. They're, they're, they're good looking beasts. If, if rifles could talk, I'm sure they'd have some stories to tell. In Portuguese, of course. In Portuguese, yes. Um, now, more recently, uh, I guess Armalite kind of redeveloped some things in the 90s. They were pushing them towards the military, and SOCOM actually picked up um, the Mark 11. They kind of built that as a whole platform, accurized barrel. Initially, there wasn't a flash hider or anything like that. It was just a, a nice right. crowned match barrel. Um, they got some good use out of that. It's been upgraded over the years. Um, the Marines have been using them as the SAS, the M110. Um, what's your familiarity with kind of the different versions, the variants that the military has developed over the years? Well, the M110 is, uh, is actually kind of held high. I mean, that's like the Rolls Royce of what we, we look at, you know, is it, the most fancy fandangled gun that's out there. Uh, no, it's not. But the thing is a precision machine. It is, uh, it's phenomenal. Of course, if you tried to find one of those M110 packages online, they could be anywhere from fifteen to $20,000. I've uh, seen a couple on the hide that guys have been listing and they're pretty impressive. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Armalite sells that gun only as a complete package. So it's a case, a rifle, handful of magazines and a scope and suppressor and a bipod, I believe, as well. I mean, it's, it comes as a complete custom fit case ready to go right out of the box. And, uh, and that's that's pretty amazing for a company to come and do that, especially to come together with a suppressor company, come together with a, with a scope company to say this is the absolute pinnacle of precision and this is what we want our guys to carry through the sandbox. Now, is the M110... Um built off of the same platform as anything else, or is the SR-25 kind of its own proprietary system? The SR-25 is the SR-25 is kind of its own proprietary system in, in that it uses, uh, it, there's a couple different thread patterns on it, but uh, it does get very, 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 very close. I mean, we're talking like 98% close to the uh, LR-308, and so there's a lot of compatibility uh, with the LR-308 as far as uh, threads uh, or changing barrels. Uh, and again, most of the parts, most of the furniture parts, the trigger groups, all that stuff is interchangeable all the rifle patterns. One of the bonuses building up these pistons. So you can take the trigger from your Armalite, from your SR25, from your DPMS, and you can move that around uh, to all the different ones. You can change your pistol grips, your stocks. Uh, where you start getting into funny business is when uh, you're moving your gas blocks around with gas tubes. Not everybody's gas tubes uh, start trying to change your hand guards around. You find out there's funny red patterns start coming up. And again, not all, what I always suggest to people is always trying to buy matching receiver sets. Not so much that they were precision matched together, but they come from the same company. Okay. You buy one upper receiver from one company, another lower receiver from a second company, and the two just do not want to mate. Not at all. Uh, be it they're completely different or without difference in uh, you know in uh, tolerances tolerance stacking is a big thing in the, in the 308 AR uh, it's just there's no mil spec for the 308 AR you know the M110 sure that, that has an exact design of what it's supposed to be but as far as the rest of the 308 world or all of the calibers built on the 308 AR format there's just a spec that we can uh, 
So there's a lot of tolerance stacking that you have to watch out for. Okay. Um, now, between the AR-15 and these bigger Borkal uh, platforms, is there any commonality or they just kind of look the same? Well, you know, the, uh, obviously you can't reuse the barrels. The barrels are much smaller. Uh, the, uh, the receivers are completely different receivers. But there's been a lot of advances in the last year where we used to have to have a specific 308 handguard. There's now companies out there that are making a smaller frame 308 so that they can use an AR-15 uh, handguard and barrel nut on the 308 format rifle. Uh, okay, so the big, latest and greatest rails, they might have taken a little while to, to beef up right. and do a 308 version, but now you can... So it's few and far between. Uh, the Gen 2 kind of went that way. It has its own thread pattern, but it accepts an AR-15 handguard. So if the company that you like makes a G- Gen 2 thread pattern barrel nut, you can use their AR-15 handguard on that on that new Gen 2 308. Uh as far as the rest of the furniture goes, uh, the rest of the furniture being the trigger groups, the pistol grips, the stocks, and uh, most receiver tubes, uh, receiver extension buffer tubes, those are all usually interchangeable between the AR-15s and the 308 rifles. Okay. Now the triggers themselves, you can bounce them between the two? You can. Now there are a couple companies out there that make a 308-specific trigger, and what that usually includes is a slightly heavier hammer or a slightly heavier hammer spring, depending okay. on the company that makes them. And that's just because you're dealing with a much larger bullet. Uh, the the a lot of these bullets, especially when they're you're talking about surplus NATO ammunition, you're getting a much heavier primer. Uh, you know that, or if you're shooting steel ammo, you're talking about a lot more a lot more issues with steel ammo. So they want to make sure that you get that reliability every single time. Now, me personally, I've used a handful of triggers. I've never had a failure to fire, but kind of stick to some top-end stuff, Geissele triggers, uh, Chip McCormick triggers. Uh, I just started using a Mech Armor Defense trigger. It's uh, it's pretty phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I've I've even used some, uh, let's see, Timney and Jard. You know, they make, they're very famous for making bolt-action triggers. They make AR triggers as well. Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of different triggers out there. You know, their their options are are numerous, uncountable. And as far as triggers go, there's even more companies out there that have completely gone outside the lines. And we're talking about HyperTouch, HyperTouch triggers. Man, that thing is a is a work of art. There's so much machinery going on and things going on inside there. I can't I can't even understand it all. But that thing that thing looks awesome. Hmm. Um. We're kind of talking about getting into the nitty gritty and choosing pieces and parts. Right. Do you see more people on the forums buying a, a rifle right from the manufacturer or starting from the ground up and building it? You know, it's about an 80 20 right now. You know, it's funny how people, you know, let, let's be real. You know, we're not all gunsmiths. I, I like to call everybody Lego masters because that's really what these guys are doing. They're playing with Legos. And I'm just trying to keep the Lego brands, uh, you know, all, all compatible. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys come out of the group, out of the gate. They bought a receiver. Usually it's just the lower receiver and they have built it up because anybody can build a lower receiver with just common house tools. And then they go out and they will off the shelf buy an upper receiver. And that's where they start running into issues. The compatibility with a non name brand or X name brand lower with X name brand upper 
and they start having issues. So we get a lot of these guys, they build the lower, and then they try and get an off-the-shelf upper because they don't want to buy the extra tools that are involved with making a 308 upper. Now, that's probably about half the guys that say they built their custom rifle. And, you know, home builds like that will always be like that. And as far as the guys that go the extra mile, the guys that put together a lot of extra work, those guys understand that building a 308 AR, you got to open the pocketbook. You, you got to hide the bank account from the wife for a little bit. You got to open the pocketbook and you got to invest because the parts, they get pricey and they get pricey fast. So it, it's, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. Not, not at all. Now, where are people putting the extra dollars uh, as far as accurizing their gun? Is it, is that kind of the motivation is to really shrink the groups or is there kind of choices to be made yep. on reliability or it, it's really coming down to, you know, the, the barrel, the barrel, the barrel, the barrel is the most important part. Uh, myself personally, uh, my, my personal 308, my, my pride and joy 308, I have a proof research barrel. It's carbon fiber wrap barrel. Uh, when I wanted that barrel proof research, hadn't teamed up with SI defense yet or with, uh, Nemo arms yet. Mm-hmm. And even though they're all like within a couple miles of each other, Proof research, uh, I called them up. I said I wanted a carbon fiber wrap barrel for my 308. They said, let's get it done. Let's get this. 16 months later, I had my, my rifle barrel. So that's how long it took for me for the custom process. But wow. I have a I have a wicked genius rifle, uh, wicked genius barrel put on there. Uh, Mike Dagernitz research, that guy, that guy is he's a stellar, stellar human being. What, what a great guy to get me through the process of building that, uh, that barrel together. They, uh, they got everything squared away. I was at SHOT Show this year. Proof Research has teamed up with Nemo Arms. Proof Research has teamed up with the SI Defense. They've been making rifles together. Uh, it, they're absolute works of art. Their, their, machines are, uh, their machines are literally at the top of the charts right now, at least in my opinion. Those um, The carbon fiber wrapped barrels definitely caught my wife's eye at range day yeah. on that Monday. Um, I bet she blasted a couple rounds off through those and she thought those were pretty neat. Well, you know, one of the misconceptions with the 308 or with the carbon fiber wrap barrel, and it was my misconception as well, is that I thought it was going to be carbon fiber. The thing is going to weigh, weigh like a feather and it's absolutely not truth. Now what my barrel does not weigh is the same as what it would weigh if it was completely steel. We're talking, it's a 0.875, uh, at the gas block. That's a big, heavy barrel. Uh, and we're not talking quite bull barrel, but it's a big, heavy barrel, much thicker than the uh, than a standard barrel. Being that it's carbon fiber wrapped, it weighs nowhere near that. But you could still make a steel barrel in a lightweight profile that would be a lot lighter than a carbon fiber wrap barrel. So if you're going feather light, then you could probably do a fluted barrel or something like that with a traditional material. But if yeah. you want the accuracy of a bull barrel and right. keeping it reasonably weighted, you could you could start to look at these carbon wrapped ones. Right. Exactly. And you know, yeah, luckily proof is now they're in major production. I'm hearing that guys are getting the turnaround for a barrel, like, you know, Ricky tick fast. It's, it's, it's nice to see a company like that coming together. And, uh, and really it's, uh, it's worth the money, you know? And I think a lot of these companies now, the barrel companies, uh, they're realizing that people want the absolute best money can buy and, uh, they can't hide, you know, behind weird numbers and fancy acronyms anymore. You know, people really want to know what they're buying. Uh, people are a lot more educated about the quality and the procedures that are done. You know, some people, they're just looking for 
they're just looking for certain words, you know, keywords to to jump on. You know, is the barrel stainless steel? Is it melanite treated? Uh, is it button rifled or pulled rifle? You know, there's a lot of things that people just look for keywords. Uh, the main thing is you, you get into a forum like ours, and we steer you away from those crazy companies that are just trying to crank out, you know, some plumbing tubing and give it to you for a barrel rifle or <laughs> rifle barrel and the companies that are actually really trying to put out some uh, some genuine product. Hey, uh, one thing that reminds me of is some of my buddies swear by the whole break-in process and cleaning out copper and all that sort of stuff. Um, what do right. you get from guys on the forums as far as how they take care of their, their big bore ARs? Well, you know, there is a barrel break-in process. Uh, there, there absolutely should be a barrel break-in process for a run-of-the-mill barrel. But if you buy something custom off the shelf, you know, match grade barrel, or now these new, you know, now match grade has just become a, a standard term, and now we're getting these ultra match grade barrels. An ultra match grade barrel, if you're putting down six, seven, eight hundred dollars on a custom barrel, you better you better believe that barrel's coming to you already, already ready to go out of the box. When Proof Research sent me my barrel, they said enjoy. I said, well, what about a barrel break-in process? And they said, well, you know shoot a couple rounds, run a rag through it, you know, and, and if, you're, if your pattern doesn't, uh, you know, get out of control, then, you know, shoot a couple rounds, run a rag through it, but that's about it. You know, don't, don't get over, over crazy. This isn't a, you know, shoot one bullet, clean your whole rifle, shoot one bullet, clean your whole rifle type of thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Especially with the, you know, with the new metals that are coming out, with the melanite-treated barrels that are or QPQ or however you want to put it, uh, these new barrels that are getting the process done on them. You know, you want to look for carbon, fou- or not carbon, but uh, copper fouling on your barrels. You know, there's, uh, you know, there there can be, there can be residue. You try and keep your barrel clean when you can. Don't over clean it. You don't want to take all the, uh, you don't want to strip the barrel back down to nothing because you're going to have to re-season the barrel again. You know, just like a good grill or just like a good frying pan, you know, you got to have, got to have good, uh, a good seasoning on it. But, uh, you know your barrels. Your barrels should come if you're buying a quality barrel. It should come from uh, from the factory, ready to go. You know your, your barrel breaking process. You know should not get should not be too extreme. And there's some real good companies out there: JP Rifles, uh, Krieger Rifles, Arterian Rifles, uh, Folsom Barrels, uh, or sorry, Fulton Arms Barrels. They are. Uh, they will all put out a their own individual breaking processes. When you're talking about barrels of that quality, the breaking process is pretty much the same. Shoot one or two, run a rag through it. Shoot one or two, run a rag through it, and then go play. That's, that's <laughs> about it. Your barrel breaking process is more than about, I would say, on, on the high end, ten rounds, and then uh, and you should be seeing your regular group at that point. Hmm. Now we we mentioned the alternative calibers as well. Have you played with any of the other? Other than just seven six two by fifty one, I've been kind of entertaining the idea of the Creed more lately. You mean say, well, you know, I uh, uh, I used to own a two sixty Remington, uh, not not in the three, uh, not in the AR format, but in a uh, in a Remington seven hundred, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm I'm very fond of that twenty six caliber, the six point five caliber. You know, it's uh, it's got a great long range reputation. Uh, now with these new rifles that are coming out, the, the 338 Federal, uh, the Montana guys love that for its hunting abilities. Uh, the paper killers, 
you know, they want that, that Creedmoor round. It's, uh, again, there's no mill spec. He's kind of getting into a trial and error phase. So get ready to, you know, like I said, open that pocketbook up. You're going to want the best barrel. You know, and that's another thing. A lot of guys, they say they want that 6.5 Creedmoor, and they're not ready to spend the money on a 6.5 barrel. You know, you don't just go down to your local gun shop and buy a 6.5 barrel off the shelf. Right. So, you know, that that's one of those things that, you know, people have to, you know, take into consideration when they want to get into these, uh, you know, off-the-wall uh, off builds. Now, can it be done? Absolutely. And can it be done right? Oh, I've seen some great stuff out there. You know, and now that I've been involved with some of these other companies, you know, I've got to see the 300 Win Mag. That's a stellar machine. And especially... Sword International's 300, or 338 Lapua Magnum. What a beast. Yeah, Craig Sawyer was uh, getting behind that on the shop floor, and he was telling us about it. Um, I think it takes yeah. a man of that size to uh, look look the right size behind it. Right. Yeah, no, he's a, and he, yeah, he's a full-size man. I'm, I'm a runt, <laughs> and I, but it's... Uh, it's surprisingly that that rifle was built surprisingly well. You know, it's uh, it really carries like a carbine, despite its overwhelming size. That rifle was built to be carried by, you know, a five eight hundred and sixty five pound uh, soldier. You know, it's a, uh, it's really it, it was really well built. There was a lot of thought and forethought put into that rifle. That's really cool. Hey, um, are there any unique accessories? Um, that kind of lend themselves to this platform? Uh, do you guys need to look for something special in their optics or anything like that? Well, you know, again, optics are always going to be mission-oriented. You know, do you, are you looking for something for a three-gun or are you looking for something to shoot a 1,000 yards? When I built my rifle, the, closest, uh, the biggest range I had close to me only stretched out to about five 600 yards right in between. So when I built it, I said, well, I don't want anything bigger than a 10-power scope. So I got my Night Force Tactical and a 2.5 to 10-power scope uh, because that was my mission. I, I, only want, I only could shoot so far. I didn't need an optic that was going to reach all the way to the moon and back. And uh, so that's where I built my scope. Now, as far as everything else goes, you know, really uh, the only things that we tell people about the most importantly is the uh, adjustable gas blocks. Adjustable gas blocks are kind of a must for off-the-shelf rifles. There's still a lot of builders out there that are making 308 rifles with carbine length gas systems. And there's a lot of gas traveling through that barrel. But what ends up happening is you end up with a very, very fast cyclic rate and people are getting a lot of failure to eject or failure to feeds on their rifle. So what we try and do is we tell them to either invest in an adjustable gas block and then putting in the wrench time and the work to make sure that that adjustable gas block is tuned in or look on the other end and adding a little bit of weight to their buffer system, heavybuffers.com. They make a tungsten buffer. It's an extremely heavy buffer. I actually use one in my personal 308. It not only softens the impulse of the rifle, it also slows down the cyclic rate, which, uh, and really, really puts some force and determination into your, uh, into the chambering of your rifle. So, uh, heavy buffers or the, uh, the adjustable gas block system. So those are kind of the two things that stand out the most in the 308 world. The other thing is, unlike 556, uh, you can build a 556 again. Sawmill spec parts. You, you're kind of you kind of have to have some pretty bad luck to have some parts that are incompatible with each other. Mm-hmm. The 308, we tell everybody you got to lube it up. 
And I'm not talking about just a couple squirts. We're talking dripping nasty wet. That rifle's got to be lube. I've actually used Mobile One racing oil on my gun to soak all the parts in it because not not this particular, not my my SI defense rifle, but my uh, some other builds that, I, that I've had to play with. I'll soak them in racing oil overnight and then slap them all together dripping wet because they really they have to mate together. So that's the other big thing is run it wet, run it dripping soaked sloppy, nasty, wet, and uh, and run it until it, it runs reliable. That's that's the trick. So it'll actually wear in and, and get to be... That's right. It'll play better yeah, the, together after parts, time. Yeah, these Franken, these Franken built guns, you know, they the parts need to be mated together, and they they got to be worn, they got to be cycled, and that's more than, you know, sitting in front of the TV uh, playing Couch Ninja. You know, that's actually getting there behind the bench and putting... Uh, you know, led to a hill. You know, it's uh, it's actually getting that, that rifle to work itself out. And that kind of stuff, you know, I'm not telling you to go use gold metal match ammo for that. You know, it's we're not trying to break the bank here, but try and find some kind of inexpensive ammo. We're not going into steel ammo. Uh, I like to use uh, privy ammo, PMC ammo. That's some good stuff uh, just for breaking in those rifle systems. That gets the, the bolts worn. It gets the carrier all fitted to itself, that gets the upper receiver all worked out, gets the buffer system all uh, copacetic, and if you blow through about 100 rounds of that stuff, you haven't broken your pocketbook, you've had a good time, and now your rifle's working, you're ready to start putting some small holes in a little tiny target far, far away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we've kind of touched on some of the new technologies in barrels. Um was there anything else you you saw it shot or that guys have been posting about on the forum that you're looking forward to? You know, uh, the new, so direct impingement, everybody's familiar with direct impingement. It's kind of where Zuching Stoner started the whole thing. And now we're seeing a huge, huge surge in the piston-operated systems. And there's a lot of guys out there. I am not a traditionalist. I'm not a traditionalist at all. Uh, I've played with AKs, I've played with H&K, I've played with SIG, I've played with literally every manufacturer out there that makes a semi-automatic rifle, uh, all the way to a BAR. And it's, uh, you know, having a career in law enforcement has given me a lot of opportunities to to play with a lot of stuff, and just being a gun nut has given me even more opportunities. So the new piston-operated systems, traditionalists, they, they have their worries about them, they have their prejudices about them. The stuff that's coming out now for piston-operated systems, man, it's blowing the doors off of stuff. And I really see piston-operated systems being the future. Now, whatever the future goes, you know, it might not even be an AR format rifle, but it's going to be a piston-operated rifle, and that's for sure. Uh, when I got to see the inside workings of the, the Sword International rifles, their 308 and their 338 Lapua Magnum, those guys are completely outside the box in their thinking. Those guys are absolute genius. And uh, I recognize a lot of the parts, a lot of the influence, and influences are coming from everywhere. They're coming from different continents, different countries, different companies. Uh, you know, and as I walked around a shot show with their badge on my chest, I got stopped by guys from PWS. I got stopped by the guys at Adams Arms. You know, all these piston gurus were stopping me to talk to me about Sword International's piston-operated systems. And here I am. You know, I'm just a, a forum guy, Lego master, 
you know, I don't know anything about uh, about what Sword International's internal workings are, but I got to see it firsthand. I'm telling you, the uh, the prejudices are getting blown up, and uh, I think that we're going to see a lot more advancements on that piston-operated system here pretty soon. Uh, the other big thing is there's a lot of stuff that people are getting set up. You know, the left-handed shooters are coming out, and they're a little upset with the mechanics and the features of the standard AR format rifles. You know, we've had things like the bad levers that come out, but there's a lot of companies, SI Defense, Nemo Arms, LWRCI, they've come out with these ambidextrous rifles where all the features that are found on the left side are also found on the right side and vice versa. Again, I'm going to name drop Sword International. Their rifle is by far, I think, the most advanced external rifle as far as ambidextrous use. Uh, you know, it's a, uh, especially going to a side charging, non-reciprocating uh, handle. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things happening in, the, in this rifle world right now that's going to change a lot of things in the, in the next year. I, I see it all. It's all happening this year. So it seems like guys like to tout um, kind of the interchangeability of the AR-15 uh, saying, oh, I can pick up a gas tube from this one and a barrel nut from this gun and pull it all together. But there's really something to say for going to a custom shop and just buying one right off the shelf um, that's built just how you want that's it right. to their spec that works perfectly with all the little pieces. Um, there's there's definitely something to be said for that. Well, you know, and I, I don't see the, the AR-15 is not going anywhere. The AR-15 is, is firmly set in the uh, in every household in America right now, and everybody's got one. Everybody's got more uppers than they have lowers, and, and that's always going to be the genius behind that design. Uh, I, I'm victim to it myself. I, I have way more uppers. Then I have lowers, and uh, and I like that. I like to be able to go out and plank with the 22, and I like to go out and plank with my three my 300 blackout or my 762 by 39 or whatever I decide to compete with or play with. You know, that's a, that's the genius of that design. But when you start getting into the big boy 308 AR format, you know that's when you have a more purpose built rifle. You know, you're investing a lot of money into a rifle to do a very specific function, and you know we'd say. You can build a rifle that does it all, but it won't do all of them as well as a purpose-built rifle. Yeah, I think you got a good point there. Um, if you're going to put the money forward and put the time together to uh, find something that you want, mm, are you really going to be shuffling around uppers? Are you really going to be wanting to change out all these parts down the road? Um, you know, just, just like a I've bolt gun or something, if you're, if you're going to put a bunch of money into it and build what you want, um, maybe the modularity of it isn't quite as important. That's right. That's right. I've seen guys try to do it, and uh, what they usually ends up happening, they end up building a whole second rifle or a third rifle or a fourth rifle because they realize that it's, purpose, it's a purpose-built rifle and you can't have part interchangeability with uh, you know, a 6.5 Creedmoor long-range precision rifle and a 338 Federal hunting rifle. It's just... You know, you want different stocks, you want lightweight, you want for hunting, you want big heavyweight for target shooting, you know, you want a nice crisp shoot, shooter for hitting that ultra precision, or do you just want a mil-spec trigger for, uh, you know, hitting cans on the side of a fence? You know, there's a, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that, uh, that the 308 world is, uh, you know, we're very segregated against, uh, against multitasking. It's just, a, it just doesn't happen. 
And and what's what's fun about having an upper sitting in the bag that you can't do anything with? You might as well build a lower for That's it right. and pass it off to your buddy. Especially when you've invested that much money already. You know, it's uh, the the lower receiver. You know, there's a lot of money invested in the lower, but nowhere near what you can invest in an upper receiver. And uh, why let it just sit there? Especially when it's a lot more fun to shoot with a buddy. Yeah, exactly. Well, Rob, um, I think we've really covered this pretty well. We we've covered some of the issues with compatibility between systems um talked a little bit about where where the platform came from um talked about the website um give me the url again for the website uh the the website's 308ar.com uh our forum is forum.308ar.com and uh there's a link on the front page to reach our forum it's in the top left hand corner I really encourage guys, if you're looking into getting into this rifle, if you're looking into getting anything into the caliber, into the long-range calibers, you know, the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 308, the 338 Federal, it uh, doesn't matter if you're looking at the Armalite platforms, if you're looking at the BPMS platforms, if you're looking at the new Gen 2 platforms, you got to come in, you got to see our guys. Like I said, it's a treasure cove of information. I'm by far nowhere near the the influence that some of these guys the, the knowledge that some of these guys have and I mean we have people from Armalite we have people from LWRC we have people from all the major companies that are actually members contributing people to our website that can answer all those crazy questions about a specific product and uh, you know it's a it's it's a great place not only to get all that information but a lot of people are just coming to hang out you know it's a it's become a brotherhood we've had shoots from all over the country where guys are flying in from Massachusetts to shoot in Arizona and Arizona's flying out to Massachusetts to reciprocate. So, you know, we're having a good time. We're a good group of guys and there's a, uh, there's a lot of fun and information to be had. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. So whether you just want to hit up the website and lurk a little bit, uh, do some learning, or if you have some information to share, maybe you're a manufacturer out there that wants to connect with people uh, and you're getting into the, the, big bore AR world. Um, definitely take a look at 308 AR and, uh, look for Rob on the forum. Do you have a uh, specific handle that you go by? You know, I've, uh, I've always used the handle Robocop and, uh, it's, uh, it's carried along all over the place. Uh, Robocop 1051 is my, is my handle on the website, uh, on several websites. You find me a little bit all over the place. Uh, and I can also be reached if anybody has individual questions for me, Rob at 308ar.com uh, and I'm you know available to answer questions there as well. All right. Well, hey, really appreciate your time. Uh, we'll be in touch and assist. Hey, JW. Thank you so much. Of course. Stay safe on the street out there. We'll do. We'll do. Okay. Talk to you later, man. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. All right. That was a pleasure talking with Rob. Uh, definitely a world that I have not uh, put nearly as much time as I could have in researching and uh, learning about all the kind of options that are out there if you're building a 308 AR uh, or one of these other other different calibers that uh, is just a, a little different game than your standard AR-15. Um, so definitely check out forum.308ar.com and uh, get your learn on. All right, it's that time of the show uh, when we announce that we've been giving away more Otis product. Uh, this week's winner was Jesse L. And uh, so we'll be getting a Otis cleaning uh, kit or maintenance tool out to him. I'm not sure what Reed has next uh, on the list. 
Um, they gave us a whole pile of things to give away for both AR-15s and uh, big bore ARs. If you got something 30 cal, uh, you could probably run run one of these tools right on through it. Uh, so we've been giving those away. Right now it's on Facebook. You'll see those posts. So you can share and like those and get entered. Um, one other thing that just came up today, actually, in the mail, uh, I got a box from Vortex. Uh, we just interviewed them last week, and they said, hey, your listeners, we've, we've been talking about all this stuff, so you might as well send some out to listeners to uh, actually give a try and throw in their rifle. So I have two optics here, the Spitfire 3X and also the Spitfire 1X. And I'm, I've been debating whether I want to open one or both of them up and uh, give them a go at the range before sending them out. Um, we'll see what I decide, whether I can resist uh, cracking the seal on these. Um, but we'll come up with a way to give those away, uh, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, something like that. Reed and I will talk it over and come up with some way that you guys can sign up to get on that list uh, to get a hold of one of these optics. They are pretty sweet. Um, feedback here. We got some messages from Facebook from some of our past winners. Uh, Tom says, hey, thanks, guys. I just got my Otis tool. I will use it proudly. Uh, he also says, you know, you have room on the tool to have it marked with your logo. Uh, pitch the idea over to Otis to offer engraving to companies, um, just like pens, things like that. Uh, that's not a bad idea. We, uh, I know we've been bugging the guys at Patriot Patch to get us some AR-15 podcast patches made up. Um, so maybe we should get a hold of Otis about that. Uh, Chris actually got in touch too. He sent a photo of him, uh, using his new Otis tool and he says, thanks guys. Tool works great. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your Huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. <coughs> Play for blood, remember? I was just fooling about. I wasn't. Say when. Show Johnny Ringo who's boss with Patriot Patch Company's Huckleberry Patch. A must-have for any range bag. Pre-order yours today at PatriotPatch.co. All right, uh, I think Reed is on holiday here for a little bit, so you're stuck with me for the next week or so. Uh, we'll come up with a, another great topic to go over. I'm thinking those Sword International guys are going to have to get a call here at some point. Uh, Rob was speaking pretty highly of them. In conclusion, uh, send us any questions or comments to feedback at ar15podcast.com. You can also send us a recorded voicemail using the SpeakPipe plugin on the right-hand side of the website. Subscribe, listen to us for free on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, where you can also leave reviews about how you like the show, uh, what we can do better, what you want us to talk about, and uh, all those reviews actually help other people find our show and uh, get involved with the Firearms Radio Network. Share your pictures with us over on Instagram. Uh, we are at AR15Podcast. Uh, give us a hashtag with the same thing, and we'll take a look at your build or what showed up uh, in the mail this week for you. Uh, looks like we're just starting up on Periscope. I downloaded that to my phone. I'm not really sure what I'm doing with that. Uh, looks like there's people streaming from their phones. Um, 
maybe I'll boot that up next time I'm at the range and do a recording. Uh, so take a look for us at AR15 podcast on Periscope. Uh, obviously we're live here on Google Plus. Uh, so tune in normally Monday nights. Uh, things got pushed back a little bit this week. Uh, but normally mo- Monday nights you can catch us live and our recordings end up over on YouTube. So just search for AR15 podcast. Obviously follow us on Facebook where we do giveaways all the time to send some of this awesome product out to our listeners. And, uh, remember we're part of a whole network, um, called the firearms radio network. There's a bunch of shows that you should check out. Uh, you can actually subscribe to a feed that has every show, uh, all in one feed and you can choose which one you want to download and try out some of the other shows that you haven't listened to yet. Remember to visit ar15podcast.com slash parts if you want to hop over to Brownells and uh, order your parts over there for your AR or any other firearms uh, needs. And everything else you can get at Amazon, uh, which is accessible through our affiliate links uh, or by going to firearmsradio.tv slash Amazon. All right, that's it for this week, guys. I really appreciate you listening and look forward to next week's show. Talk to you later. Freedom. How does one maintain freedom? That's a question our founding fathers pondered over 200 years ago. They believed the solution was in our Constitution and its amendments. We exercise the freedom of speech every day here at FRN, along with the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Preserving freedom. We believe the Second Amendment could possibly be that one amendment that protects all the rest. Help us to preserve America as a shining light on the hill. We do our part by providing entertainment and information that supports the Second Amendment every day. Preserving freedom. What do you believe? Get involved. Show your support at patreon.com slash frn. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.